Welcome back to episode 14 of the Nightcap. I'm Jack Murphy alongside me, Sam Cerrone. Brought to you by Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio. Sam, how you doing, man? Good. Just got out of finals. Now we're, we're cruising until next semester, so we're all... I'm, I'm fine. Good. Yep, finals are over here at Ohio State. Um, getting ready for a little Christmas break, but before we go, we got to talk some sports, and then we got to talk to our boy Carson Archula from the Ohio State wrestling team, which we got coming for you after the break. That will be very exciting. But before then, Sam, Ohio State has made the college football playoff. How do we feel? Good. I mean, they snuck in. It was, I know people were really, you know, there's so many different nuances that need to go on, so many variables, but they all played out in our favor. And Ohio State is in the playoff as a four seed. Last time they were a four seed, the only time they've been a four seed. It's magic. They happened. won the whole thing. Yeah. Fun fact. But apparently that was now that is the other time they are four seed. So we can say that. No, this is Ohio State making the playoff is tough for those who uh I mean are against Georgia is the opponent. The Georgia Bulldogs tough for those who wanted the Michigan Wolverines rematch. So that if they won, you could say, Here we are competing for Natty, and if they lost, you could be competing or uh saying that you want Ryan Day fired. But um, no, it's Georgia. And again, as we said last time, we're both not in the Ryan Day firing category. But here we are. Got a chance here before heading into next season to to somewhat wash away the bad taste of Michigan. Um, But Georgia is, I would say, better than Michigan. So it's going to be tough. I mean, Georgia, great great team. They're obviously the defending national champions. they struggled a little bit at the beginning of the year. You know, Kent State played them tough somehow. Mizzou played them tough. But then after that, they kind of just were firing on all cylinders. They blew number one ranked uh, Tennessee out. I mean, they're they're good. It's going to be a tough game for the Buckeyes. But I know they're Ryan Day is like, we're going to play loose. We're going to play aggressive. So we're hoping it's going to be a good game. It is in Atlanta, which is tough. A tough draw of them since, you know, Pretty much going to be a home game for uh, the Bulldogs. Yeah, that's a good point. It's basically going to be a home game for for Georgia because that those that because it's at the same place. The Peach Bowl is at the same. You know, Oregon they do that Chick Fil A yeah. kickoff, right? It's at the same place, and those games. I mean, that's, have, this is the Georgia's third game here. The Oregon game, they had the SEC championship, and now they got this game. Yeah. Oh, right. The SEC championships in the same spot. Yeah. So it's known that it's going to be a. Uh, Georgia home game, and that's going to obviously do something um, negative for the Buckeyes. As it's going to be essentially a road game, but you know, it's I'm in such a tough place about this game, man. You know, here you are playing for it. I was very, I'm one of the people very sad about, as many people are, but I didn't want to, I didn't really want to see them in the playoff, and I don't think they deserved it. But here they are because USC lost, so you know USC doesn't deserve it, and. It's a weak year for the playoff. You know, this is a perfect year for the BCS. This would just be Georgia and Michigan competing for it. But we live in an era of the playoff. Ohio State has the right to um, avenge all those demons. And I think they can. I mean, they have the talent to compete in this game. I think yeah. it says something that, um, like, Michigan's a higher favorite. From Vegas has them as, like, a 10-point favorite against TCU. We're within the touchdown against Georgia. I think that says a lot. But it just... You know, last time we saw them, they, they kind of quit in the fourth quarter against a team that could run the ball. Now here comes an even tougher team. It's just, it doesn't add up, but they they can totally just come out here and 
let it all hang loose and just play play loose football and just play to win and not play to lose and they can easily win this game. Yeah, I mean, it's, this game is about, you know, just pushing all your chips in the middle of the table and kind of just laying it all out there. I think this game is really important for Ryan Day to, you know, get right with a lot of the fans that kind of have turned their heads towards him away from him a little bit. Um, obviously, we have no JSN. So, you know, as a fan, we haven't watched him in a, in a while um, since, you know, Toledo. But CJ Stroud needs to, you know, show who he really is. Well, I think it's a good thing that JSN's not playing. Yeah. Um, not that, not to disrespect JSN at all, JSN, if you were listening to this, you're the man, you're a great player. I hope you're a first round pick in the NFL and you, you ball out, but it's just, you know, we, the last time we saw him back in, you know, September, October, whatever it was, it was that Wisconsin game, right? It just, when he's come back into the lineup, it's, they've just tried to force the ball to him and stuff. Um, obviously Michigan, they weren't natural. They, they didn't look as natural as they had all season. But if they try to force JSN to, into it, I guess by far the best defense they've played, talent-wise. Michigan's probably better statistical defense, but talent-wise, Georgia has more NFL players yeah. on it. They can't just put JSN back in and expect it to work. So I think it's kind of a good thing that he's not playing. Yeah, I mean, it, it probably is, but I just wish they... I was talking to my roommate Bobby about this a little bit. Just, you know, I wish they waited a little longer so Georgia can game plan um, a little bit around yeah, JSN playing okay. rather than, you know, him... Declaring for the draft like so early, so now like they're like, all right, he's not. We know he's not playing. Let's just game plan for Marv. That's the um. I, mean, I don't know, but that's the. How do you? Uh, I mean, do you think Georgia? I, I gotta propose to you the devil's advocate. Do you think Georgia would have believed it though? They could have just said, "Oh, he's playing," and then. I mean, I mean, they probably didn't. They don't have to believe it, but they got to put some, you know, some small train of thought into it. I mean, there's always like that little, you know, the. Devil and Angel on your shoulder saying, like, he's going to play. Like, we saw what he did in the Rose Bowl last year. We got a game plan. Well, it's a, uh, it's a very interesting situation, to say the least. But um, it's tough to pick against our team. But, I mean, you got to – we won't if – we, if we don't discuss, you know, our next episode would be in between the uh, middle of Christmas. So, if we don't take a break off, we might not be talking about the playoff. Who are you predicting to play in the national championship there, Sam? I want – it's, I think the fan of me wants to say a rematch of the game, but I think it'll be Georgia-Michigan. I think I like TCU. They've been a fun team to watch, but I don't think there'll be really much in this game against Michigan. Um, so I think it'll be Georgia-Michigan. But Ohio State-Michigan. I like it. I think I think Michigan, it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of lame that I even said the predict. Now that I've kind of sat on it while you're talking. It's not much of a prediction. Um I I would love to see TCU beat Michigan. Um, and the line, that's a, I said when I first saw it, it was like 10. We got Michigan at 7.5 now. So some points going back. Maybe some TCU, some TCU hype. Max Duggan. We'll talk, can we talk about that performance by him a little bit on Saturday? I mean, I've never seen such a – he was – every time he got hit, he was down on the ground for like five minutes and he just kept gutting it out. Oh, I mean, dude, he's nails. He's nails. He's Max Duggan. He's nails. He's been so good this year. And I, I when I was watching with, uh, I found myself in the same spot as, uh, um, as uh, JJ McCarthy. And I kind of had to eat some, because Max Duggan had 50% completion, but I'm like, oh, he was so, he was so tough and he was so nails. Someone who's uh, watched the game with, who's, um, 
called me back on. He's like, dude, you JJ McCarthy, all this stuff you said, and he completed fifty percent of his passes. I can you say the same thing? I'm like, oh, you know what? I'll eat some more crow. I mean, maybe maybe completion percentage isn't all all everything. The NFL gets me way too confused about that because you have all these guys who are completing seventy percent of their passes. Yeah. So um, you get too locked in. You see a guy under sixty percent, you just assume bad game now. But um, not nah, Max Doug. I because let's take that in the Heisman. I mean, like. That was a Heisman worthy game. I mean, I know they lost, but I know. Imagine they won though. That it, like, if they won with Caleb Williams and USC losing, and how ugly they lost, like, how could you that, not give it to him at may, that point? That'd be really interesting, though. Duggan would have had a real shot here. It's a weird year. There's no like clear cut Heisman favorite this year. I mean, it was Williams until they lost. Yeah, it right. was Williams until they lost, and but now, I mean, like who? Like, Stenson, I would have never expected Stenson Bennett to. I have no problem with him is, getting it. The fact that Hayden Hooker is not, I know he's out, like, but he was the most dominant player the first half of the year, or maybe three fourths of the year. He should be a Heisman finalist. He probably should be. He probably should be. I. It's tough. He gets hurt. I. But um. I don't know. It's it's him over. It's really him or Stetson. I I would take it him over. I know he beat. Stetson beat Hayden Hooker, but it's not necessarily though. Like Stetson was that like people, you know, that Georgia defense held that offense to what six points or whatever it was. Like now, you're. I, I think I'd replace him for Stetson. I really, it's really between Williams, Duggan, and Stroud. I, I, I think I'd vote Duggan over Stroud. I would vote too. Which is which I hate Stetson, saying, yeah, even though I, Stetson should not get any votes. No, he shouldn't. I saw some I agree with that. some memes floating around about Stetson being 25 in, in his fifth year of college and Lamar is like in his fifth year of the NFL and he's 25 as well. Yeah, I mean, here we are. Like, I saw a TikTok of some kid who's like, because of COVID, you know, he's repeated a couple. He's in 25 years old, you know, year six at school. He's like, Stetson Bennett's in year six, but he plays football and I don't. <laughs> but uh, again, it's... I think I think it, it's going to be Caleb Williams yeah. for all this debate we're having. It, it's going to be Caleb Williams. Michigan's going to beat TCU, and Georgia's probably going to beat Ohio State. But I, like, there's always one good playoff game, you know. And I feel like the the vibe around both these games is that like Michigan and Georgia are going to be in the driver's seat, and that TCU and Ohio State they could make it interesting, but they're not going to make it that. I feel like that's the national vibe of both these games. Am I wrong? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Like, it's obviously like you know the four o'clock games always like that, the blowout game, and then they always put, try to put the best game at eight. And we're playing, or Ohio State's playing at eight. So, I mean, they played twenty fourteen. They played Alabama. I'm sure they were not favored in that game. And Z th- ran through the heart of Alabama. Maybe Travion run through the heart of uh, Georgia. I just the last time we saw them play an SEC team was Bama in twenty twenty, and they. With yeah. the best player this program's had in the last 10 years in fields, and they got blown out. True. Very true. But that was a that was a great Alabama team. So deep everywhere. Oh, I know. But oh, no, th- th- that's the thing. I, this Georgia, as much as, uh, as much as I laugh at stuff like you being like, not that I'm laughing at you, but or, or scoff. That's the word. As much as I scoff at stuff like you saying, last time we were four. It is a little more true because think about it. The Georgia team, the Georgia, uh, like that 
uh, Georgia last year was like that Alabama team. So, so if we playing last year, Georgia, we'd probably lose. Oh yeah, that I mean that team was twenty points. But Ohio State so, is taking on a Georgia team that's even though they're thirteen and zero, they are recovering some of those bodies from last yeah. year. You know, they got guys who who are coming off of that experience, who aren't ready for the NFL as sure. they would be in a year. So it, it's 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 there. I'm not going to sell you short. You got it. How about you? You take Ohio State, and I'll take Georgia. All right, fair. It's a little gentleman's bet. A little gentleman's bet. Even though I would like Ohio State to win, I don't want to make it seem. But we got to make. We got to keep something interesting because, as much as we love Max Dugan, I just I don't. Michigan's going to the Natty. It stinks to say. Yeah, they but, will. They definitely will. Because they just there's no way that Harbaugh lets them lose this game. You know, now that they're it's like we played we played Georgia last year. That was one thing. You know, now we got TCU. We can't lose this game. And as you said, I, I buy in that four o'clock stuff. I think it's gonna be like thirty. Yeah. So uh, that's the college football talk. Before we uh before we head into our chat with Carson, I guess. I don't know. What in where are you what are you more interested in in uh where the NFL's at after a big week or uh the Yankees, man. It's like a little bit. it's like a little ball, it's like a little baseball. You hold on to your boy Aaron Judge despite the for those listening, if you saw that fake tweet by John Heyman saying he was going to the Giants for th- nine years, $360 million, then he retracts it. That was pretty funny. You saw yeah. that, right? Yeah, I mean, these sports reporters on Twitter are always, you know, foaming at the mouth to be the the first one to tweet these breaking news. Um, and Adam Schefter does it all the time. Um, yeah, and he's been paying for it a little bit recently. Yeah, yeah he's been getting, cut, getting some slack thrown at him. But yeah. The report's saying he's signed with the Giants. Um, now this morning we're seeing he actually, you know, is re-signed with the, the New York Yankees for nine years. 360, so 360. 40 mil a season. I mean, it's insane. You, he, He's going to be probably, I would see, say he gets named captain too, the first one since uh, Derek Jeter. That's got to be like in the, the fine print of the contract, but it's tough. You know, he has this historic season, but I, I don't foresee him having another productive year like this obviously he's gonna be great but it's all downhill from there that you're kind of just banking off the recency bias that just happened and yeah i mean the best we've talked about on the show the be- one of the best contract years in sports yeah. regardless of what sport you're playing that i mean he's insane he's never been like healthy a whole season and last year he was he was healthy didn't, didn't miss a beat no it's a uh as we talked about you know Shout out to him for focusing on ball, putting the contract aside, and here he is getting paid. Yeah, you're not. It's just so weird because what do you? You guys need more bodies. Yeah, I was Trey Turner. You know the Dodgers um, shortstop. I was really hoping they would sign him, but obviously he's going to the Phillies. Um, they're gonna another three hundred million dollar contract. Yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna, gonna get two of them. Pretty good squad. Maybe they can make another deep run the postseason. I was just you know the Yankees. They're just they haven't made any. You know, different. They haven't made different moves to help their their chances in winning a World Series. They just keep this same squad from last year, and obviously they got swept by the the World Series champion. So it's gonna be, I mean, it's gonna be. I feel like another disappointing season's coming down the the headlights. I uh, I mean, you guys need another bat next to him. I know you have Anthony Rizzo and Stanton. Stanton just gets too hurt. Yeah, He's and very then inconsistent. Uh, Glaber's not the same guy he was, you know, like he's not, he may have hit 24 home runs this year, but you know, he's real. Like 
he's a two fifty hitter. If he's not hitting forty home runs, he kind of loses his his value. Um, and then Josh Donaldson at your other corner spot. Yeah, he's, he's supposed to be a great bat, and he stinks. He was very much a liability in those those playoff games. Um, it, it really hurt them not have DJ um, Lemayhew in the lineup for those, but he'll be back hopefully. You know, pretty much healthy. Well, that, that's the thing too is that he's getting up there. He's thirty three. Yeah, I don't know. I he uh he he's a good Yankee and he was a great deal for you. But just um, can you can you believe? Like, don't you think you kind of got a the injuries? You know, like I feel like you just have too many guys on your team that you just can't trust to play at least hundred games. The, yeah, I mean, it's tough. they got I they have to make some sort of trade or something. Maybe they'll sign your boy uh, Bogarts. Oh, dude, no, stop! Don't shut up! Don't put that! Don't. Don't put that in my head. Jacoby Ellsbury was was fine. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, he was, he was, he was at the Jacobi end of his Ellsbury. career, and we the Yankees just paid him so but much the money. The X Man, if the X Man puts on pinstripes, I'm gonna I'm gonna cry for for I don't even know. I just I would be a wreck. I can't even imagine that. I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> I I you just flustered me from my next question well, for you. Because all right, we'll go into some other signings. You have. Verlander going to That's the, where, the New York uh, Mets. Heading into, you got to rank these four deals because we've had four big names. Judge to the Yanks, Trey Turner, 11 years, 300 for the Phillies. DeGrom, five years, 185. And then Verlander, two years, what, 80, whatever it was. Which of the, like, heading into next season alone, because I don't think you can, all these, wow. especially. How old is Verlander? He's got to be like. He's going to be 40. Yeah, I mean, okay, okay. 40 years old, making 40 mil. That's not bad. Good for him. All right, so I'll say the best deal is probably Trey Turner to the Phillies. I think he's a – I really wanted him. He's a great shortstop. He's a great fielder. He's great. He's, you know, he, he does everything. Puts he, the ball in play. Our boy Woodard yesterday was all – because, you know, the, the Mets, he's saying that Trey Turner's overrated and stuff. I'm like, yeah, no one's worth 10 years. But for the next four years of that yeah. deal, Trey Turner is going to be great. I think he – they're, the Phillies won. They're number one in this ranking. Um, I'm gonna go number two. The the Texas Rangers. They got probably the best pitcher in baseball. You know, maybe top five all time. Obviously, you know they're Ooh. they're not a great organization. So he's just gonna be not winning a lot of games. But hopefully, he can jumpstart the organization into some winning times. Three, I'll go Judge, just because it's a lot of money and it's just it's just gonna be a repeat of last year. And then last. The New York Mets. This new owner Cohen likes to throw around a lot of money, and Verlander. Obviously, he's coming off a you know Cy Young caliber season. I mean, he won the Cy. Oh Young. yeah, he won the Cy. I Young. don't know if you saw that, but he got that. As he did, he deserved. If but, uh, the guy for the Rays didn't get hurt, yeah. he would have won it, but he got hurt. Who knows if he's gonna you know continue this this greatness into his forties? I um. I don't know. So I I got a little bit of an opposite on you on that. I got, I actually have Verlander number one. Really? Um, my reasoning though is just because I like I give him one more year to do it. It'll at least be solid too. Um, just my thing. I actually I have Degrom last on that. Even though Degrom's probably my favorite player of those four guys. I just dude Texas. I feel like they're what what you just said about the Mets. You know like. That's the Rangers. They just, you know, they spent the five hundred million dollars on Simeon and Corey Seager last year. I just, I, I don't see it. I just think they're buying players to get lucky and 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 turn it around. You know, they got guys on the wrong side of thirty. You know, at some point, Marcus Simeon is is also like Judge. I don't know if you know that. 
he gets, you know, he's a longtime Oakland A, solid player on some teams that, you know, he's on the A's, you know, they, if they peak out and make the playoffs or not, yeah. you know, they blow it up. He gets part of that. You know, he's dealt to Toronto. He's one year in Toronto. He's never hit more than 33 home runs. He hits 45 of them as a 30-year-old. And the Rangers go, hey, let's give him 10 years, $300 million. I, I, I just don't see how it works with with DeGrom and, and all these guys. They like they just want to buy players. They don't have any foundation coming up. And it's true, but... They yeah, just it, have these big names. I just think, you know, they do have big names, but like DeGrom, I think he's still going to be great, and I think that draws in some, some other talent. Well, that's fair. I did not... I, I think it's more on the, you know, I'm not a big Simeon guy, obviously. I'm I'm not, like, I've always liked Corey Seager, but he's got injury problems. I don't, I'd much rather pay Trey Turner $300 million than Corey Seager. That's true. And, you know, so they, they've got the, I don't know, they've got this $500 million middle infield that I just have never thought is worth it. Uh, with the Mets, I also just, the Mets are still deep, and the Mets have Scherzer and Verlander. They're in such a win-now mode, too. You know, they signed. Edwin Diaz to a hundred million dollar deals of reliever, Sam. Like that is just a lot more of the the trumpet song going to be played in uh, when they're when they're losing and they're playing the trumpet song. <laughs> I think that the Mets are they're going to lose Nemo at center field, but if they can get in a bat to replace him, they're they may be a little different, but they're pretty much the same team. And Verlander is a better postseason pitcher than um, Scherzer or. DeGrom. So if you're place, replacing one of those two with Verlander, at least for one year, I, ca- I kind of yeah. like your odds to flip it around. The, the Mets. Always, they'll always be... But they are the Mets. So. Little, little, they'll always you know, mess up somehow. I really like Trey Turner to the Phillies. I, I'd do. probably have that second just because um, Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper's becoming a leader out of nowhere on these yeah. Philly teams, man. You know, he was Mr... It was just a, it was a poor marriage in Washington. They both got, you know, divorced and now they're, they're they both they both won in some respects. Well, yeah, I mean the Nationals got their World Series got the without them. They're, and... they're going to be in a long, uh, long down slope of, of as a team over the next couple of years. But they got their wing ring without Harper, and then Aaron Judge. I just had him because he is probably the best player in baseball right now yeah. for the next two or three years. Yeah, I mean you got to so can't fault you can't forget about that though. You got to give him that title. I mean it was an outstanding season he had, and he's. Pretty good defensive player as well. Well, before we move on to our uh, Carson interview, was there any any football thoughts after a nice after a nice wild week of uh, of football? Um, yeah, Matt Ryan might be the worst starting quarterback Let's in the forget NFL. Forget about the Colts, man. No one, no, no one listening to us wants to talk about the Colts. I, I can't believe that's were, a more important up, thing. It was twenty one nineteen, and they lost. Well, here's it. Entering the fourth quarter, they lost 54. How are the Chiefs Bengals not? I know CBS gets to pick it and stuff, but it's just, it's all about that. But I just had this with the Patriots. Patriots are going to play their third straight primetime game Monday night against the Cardinals. And, you know, this is usually when you had Tom Brady, this has no question. Doing three, four primetime games in a row, no problem. But so then the week after, right? They got the Cardinals this week. Week after against the Raiders, it's a rematch. Josh McDaniels coming home. It was supposed to be on Sunday night, but after they lost to not the Bills, but the week before the Vikings, they already anticipated they lose the Bills. They flexed it out. Patriots got taken out. Yeah, I mean and that would have never happened with Tom Brady on the team. And I, I told it like they stink now. They they they're not good anymore. So who wants to watch them at midnight? But no. or I mean at prime time. But 
I don't want to watch the Cowboys steamroll the Colts either. What yeah. the heck, man? I don't. I don't. I didn't enjoy any anything of that. But yeah, I mean, I, I just wanted to. They should have had the Bengals, Chiefs. Joe Burrow played excellent. Or the Niners, Dolphins pouring one out to Jimmy G. Man, guy cannot stay healthy. Yeah, feel bad sad. for him. Very sad. Um, I thought Baker was going to go there as a backup, but Brock Purdy looks like he's has to roll the punches. Well, for because it. did you see that? Uh, it's like you the waiver or a waiver wire never comes into play, you know, because that's a fantasy yeah. football thing. But here we are, quarterback gets released in week fourteen. You know, waiver wire comes into play. The night the Rams definitely picked him up. Just so he couldn't go to the Niners. Probably, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It's a little chess move by uh, McVay. I like it. You know, spit on your uh, spit on your rival's eye. You know, they want to. They claim they can win a championship with Brock Purdy or Baker Mayfield. Oh yeah, you can't even have Baker. But, um, oh, sorry, I blanked on my uh, <laughs> thing about the Colts that I was going to roast you for. But uh, yeah, I'm already you can't. I'm already unroastable after. I've seen after from them this year. Um, but for the Niners, I f- poor Jimmy G. But because it's all gonna, I'm gonna speak it into existence. Um, it's gonna come full circle. Bill Belichick drafted Jimmy G. to take over for Tom Brady in New England, and now, and that was in you know 2014, 2023 off season. Tom Brady is gonna take Jimmy Garoppolo's <laughs> job with the 49ers, like. I don't think all of New England's ready. For, I don't think Bill Belichick's ready for that. I don't think my dad's ready for that. So many people aren't ready for that. But I'm speaking it into existence. I, my mom is def- loves Jimmy G. She's not ready for it. I know so many people back home who just aren't aren't ready for me to come home and say that stuff. But I'm ready for it because Super Bowl number eight is coming with Tom Brady next year. But we'll see. But maybe maybe Brock Purdy's the guy. Yeah, we'll see what happens. He looked crispy uh, this past week, so we'll see what happens. But. I also just want to, the Bills, even though they play like such idiots, go win the Super Bowl. Go do it. From take, take, dominate our division. You've always been the doormat, and now it's our turn to be the doormat. I'm prepared to be Josh Allen's. I we were They were Tom Brady's doormat. I'm prepared to I spend mean, the next... The AFC is, I, I would say, it's pretty much it's pretty much wide open with the Bills. I mean, I think the only teams we got the Chiefs and uh, the Bengals, the Bengals, but that's about it. You look at I just looking at these teams, dude. It's just like the Ravens lead the Bengals. Like I'm not a big Ravens guy. The Titans are in fourth place. They just fired their GM. The Dolphins are really good, but how did they lose that game to the Niners? Like I think that was a like, Tua is just not it. There's just a lot of questions in the AFC. It's really deep. It's really fun, but. I just think clearly it's the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Bengals. Who yeah. is ever the hottest at the end, they will go to the Super Bowl. Sure. Certainly. Well, let's uh, let's welcome on Carson here. We're going to take a quick break. Yeah. Shout out to our roommate, uh, my roommate Jack Chapman, for giving us some juicy wrestling questions to us. And getting us, uh, helping us get the uh, right man on. It's going to be a good interview. Let's, let's go pick Carson's brain. Okay, welcome back here from break. Back to the nightcap. Jack and Sam here welcoming on Carson Harchlaw. Carson, thank you for coming on with us, one of Ohio State Wrestling's finest. How are you doing today, Carson? I'm good. Thanks for having me. So we uh, bring you on here. We were doing our uh, research for wrestling. And so 
learning about how the sport works is pretty fascinating, but we kind of want to just pick your brain uh, about it for your first question. Obviously, it's a very okay. individual-based sport, but can you kind of explain us the difference of how it's individual and how it's also team-based? Because we were looking at your schedule. You got you got stuff like, oh, dual meet at Michigan, dual meet at Michigan State, and then you have stuff like the Spartan Combat Duel at Cornell. You know what I mean? Like, how does that stuff right. really work? Um, yeah, so – Obviously, wrestling's an individual sport. It's you and your opponent out there on the mat. Um, but you do have the team aspect of it. Um, I guess the team aspect really, really is more seen in, in practice, I would say, when you're with your teammates wrestling and competing against them and, you know, training and helping everyone become better. Um, even the guys that aren't the, aren't the starters play a role in that because, you know, without them pushing me, in practice, I can't go out and perform, you know, to what I need to, to, to be the best. Um, so that's a big team aspect of it. And then, um, another thing that a lot of people don't really understand is, um, the duels. Um, there's a lot of team team play that goes into it. You know, um, you might be losing the match to a, a guy that, you know, is way better than you, but if you can keep it within a certain score range, that limits the amount of points that, the other team can score so you can, you know, help your team that way. And then also too, if, if you're a good guy wrestling a guy that's, you know, not too good and you can really score some points on him or pin him that obviously scores you a lot more points for your team can help you win the match that way. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just you and your opponent um, in the mat wrestling. And that's really kind of the individual thing. Um, duels are definitely more team than tournaments. I'd say tournaments, Tournaments, it's based on your individual performance. Um, that also, too, can help the team because there's always a team race at tournaments. So how you do and how you perform helps the team. But at tournaments, first and foremost, it's really about you and making sure you compete the best. Well, that's awesome. And I appreciate that um, that breakdown there. And, uh, I mean, that's, it seems like such a big part of it, too, the, uh, you know, the uh, behind the scenes, how it's a team, you know, like because – there's all these different weight classes, right? Like, do you have, mm -hmm. are there multiple people in your weight class or is it kind of just you and you have to wrestle, you know, in practice, you're wrestling against someone who's, you know, 20 pounds heavier than you or something. Yeah. Yeah. So ideally you have multiple guys in every weight class, um, across the board. Um, that's, that's usually the case for most, most places, most programs. Um, but some, some don't, obviously, I mean, there's only so many wrestlers and so many programs in the country. So, you do have some cases where you're going to be the only guy there, but usually that never happens. And um, during practice, you all usually wrestle people around your weight. I know sometimes there, there are cases where I'll go with a lighter guy or heavier guy, um, but it just really depends. Usually you're only within a weight class or two from your weight class, but sometimes you can, you know, go with some guy who's a lot bigger than you and go with some guy who's a lot smaller than you. It just, it just really all depends. And uh that's not a bad thing. It can also help you just give you a different look at somebody and give you a different feel. Um, you know, maybe help you prepare for a match in a certain way. So really it all just plays a factor. And for the most, most part, you're wrestling guys about your size. Um, so going a little bit into wrestling has different styles, you know, you have folk and freestyle. Would you uh, kind of explain the difference between the two and kind of what your favorite style to wrestling is? Um, yeah, sure. So, Folk style is, you know, just uh, college wrestling, American wrestling, I guess you could say. 
Um, the United States is the only country that competes in folk style wrestling. Um, we kind of invented it and it's our version of the sport. Um, and freestyle is the world and Olympic style of wrestling. Um, the original style, as many people like to call it. Um, so every other country in the world competes in that kind of similar to how, um, the world uses the metric system and the U S uses, uh, like, you know, like feet and miles and the world uses kilometers and centimeters. Um, so similar to that. And then, um, I think, well, the main differences between the two is freestyle is more of a fluid sport. There's a lot more, I feel, action and point scorage and a lot more opportunities for the more aggressive wrestler to be awarded points. Um, and folk style, I feel, is more kind of a chess match, you could say. Um, very strategic, and you can win it off a lot of technicalities and certain, certain aspects of it. Folk style also has uh, writing time. So if you are able to uh, take a guy down and ride him for a minute, you get an extra point um, added onto your score, which that doesn't happen in freestyle. Freestyle, you take a guy down, you have 10, 10 or 15 seconds to work for a turn and turn him. And if you don't, you're back up on your feet wrestling um, in the neutral position. So that's another difference between the two styles is, you know, folk, freestyle is very, very so a neutral style and on your feet wrestling, creating action where folk style, um, yeah, more of a chess match, more of a game plan. You can kind of choose where to win your positions, whether you want to start neutral or win top and bottom. Um, yeah, those are about the, the key differences, I'd say. Um, does the ref, uh, when you're saying that you have 10 to 15 seconds this turn and then you have to get up, does the ref pull you up when? Does the, the ref will just yeah, the ref will just blow the whistle and okay. bring you on your feet. Um, and then my f- personal favorite style is freestyle. Um, it's the style I grew up wrestling. Um, I love it. It's best. Um, it, it I think it's something that we should do. I think folk style should be gotten rid of. I think it's a little mm-hmm. bit boring and and kind of stupid. Um, and I feel too if we wrestled freestyle it would get a lot more people involved and i think people would like wrestling a little bit more um so that's that's just my take on it um but yeah so like does your whole life you're leading up you're you're doing freestyle and once you get to college it just transitions to folk no um i wrestled folk style my whole life too um i say i grew up wrestling freestyle because my dad um, is from the former Soviet Union, and he was a wrestler on the Soviet national team. Mm. Um, and he runs a club now in Dublin, Ohio. And that okay. was kind of my base and foundation was with freestyle wrestling. But since I grew up in America, I had to wrestle folk style, you know, middle school and high school. Um, so I did wrestle both styles, but I first started with uh, freestyle and getting into that. Oh, you want me to go? Moving on to, uh, we wanted to ask about um, any of your go-to, like, um, takedowns or shots or, you know, a couple of them that our buddy gave me, for example, like, you know, the high crotch or single or double leg takedown. Is there any go-to move or are you kind of, um, are you all about just reading your opponent and uh, taking da- taking them down with whatever, you know, their weaknesses? 
Um, yeah, I mean, everyone has their, their go-to move. I think all wrestlers do. Um, high crotch, high single, fireman's carry. Um, and I'd probably say those are my go-to moves. Um, but realistically, you try and hit what you're best at on guys. And if it doesn't work, you have to switch it up, obviously. Um, so it just kind of depends. But you never, you never really switch up your... I wouldn't say never really switch up, but you never, um, you know, stop wrestling or stop taking your attacks or what you're good at just because some guy might be, you know, better than you at a certain position. Um, if anything, you should have the confidence to go out there and be like, well, this is my move. This is what I'm going to hit. Um, you know, always be aware that something can happen, but never afraid of it not working. So getting into the like the nuances of wrestling culture a little bit, you know, weight cutting is a big thing. Could you kind of go into like the differences when you were in like high school and your weight cutting versus, you know, now when you have like a nutritionist and all that? Um, yeah, so really the biggest difference is in high school, it's um, you know, kind of on your own and it's tough. And you're also growing in high school, so it's really hard on your body if you cut weight really heavily. Um I know that was something I didn't do towards the end of high school is cut weight at all, really. Just kind of wrestled my natural weight class. Um, college, it's a little different. Just everyone's a, you know, mature man. You kind of have to just to fit the role and, and uh, be at the best position for yourself. Um, but college does help having, you know, nutritionist and just being older and being more mature kind of like really understanding what's going to make your body feel good or what's going to make your body feel, you know, kind of shitty. So that that's definitely a big help. And uh, high school. Yeah. I think the biggest thing in high school is just a lot of guys do it stupid. Don't do it smart. And it just kind of hurts you. And you see a lot of injuries happen that way and, and everything else. So. Yeah. I remember like a high school wrestler in my high school, he would walk on with a spit bottle and just spit in that all day. And that was kind of his way of cutting weight. Yeah, yeah, that's not that's not how you do it at all. That's stupid. Yeah, I feel like I remember hearing some stuff about yeah. kids in my high school telling me that it's like, oh, what do you? It's like about the end of the day, and they're like, oh, I'm on my second peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I haven't, I haven't eaten anything else besides that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but as you said, you're an Ohio native. Want to ask you about um, competing at Ohio State as someone from uh, Ohio, from around the area, um, from Powell. As uh, mm -hmm. it says on the the good old website, and I don't know if you're still living in Powell, but you know from the area, we wanted to right. just ask about uh, if you'd been an Ohio State fan growing up, what it means to compete. I mean, it may mean nothing if you'd uh, not been a fan um, coming in, but long story short, if if there's been some kind of uh, um, you know pride for playing for the Buckeyes, if you've had that long sense of uh, um, being a fan of them growing up, yeah. Um... Yeah, I guess we'll just start off. Uh, I never wanted to come to Ohio State to wrestle um, growing up. I just never did. It was just close to home. And I was kind of in that stage where I wanted to, you know, get out and get away. Um, but ended up taking a visit and really fell in love with the campus and the coaches, um, teammates, and just kind of Columbus in general. Um, um, I really just kind of, you know, saw the university in the eyes of, you know, what, what does 
Carson-like really and not kind of what I had this preconceived thought of. Um, so really kind of flipped me. And obviously I chose to uh, come here and wrestle for this program. And I love it. I wouldn't change anything about that decision. Um, and then I think too, I really fell in love with it more once I did get out there for my first match in competition, just because I am from the area and so many people know of me, it is amazing to, you know, go out on a mat and hear people, you know, scream your name and, and cheer for you and love you when, you know, you've never met them before, but they just know you because you're from the area. Um, and I think looking, looking at it now, if I would have gone somewhere else, I wouldn't have got that same love and affection. Um, you know, I could be a great wrestler anywhere in the country, but there's nothing like people that have known you and watched you grow up and then watch you wrestle in college. Um, there's just something about that that really makes it special. And yeah, it really does, you know, give you this sense of like joy and gratitude and, and pride and, and uh, love for the people around you and the, and the support that you have. It's awesome. Um, Early in the against Virginia Tech, you played against one of um, your old teammates, Connor Brady, and you uh, came out on top. What was that experience like wrestling against an old teammate? Yeah, um, I mean it was it was a little weird. Um, just kind of sucked. You know, it's not something you want to do wrestle against your high school teammate. Um, you know, obviously you both know each other, grew up wrestling with each other, so you know to beat him and you know a position where it matters or, you know, a dual meet like that. It is, it does kind of leave you with a kind of weird feeling in your gut, but um, it is what it is. It's wrestling. I think at the end of the day, we just, we just know that, you know, that just cause I won and he lost, or if he would have won and I lost, it doesn't, you know, change anything. It's just, just the sport. So. And then uh, we wanted to ask about another um, match who had um your upset over uh, Alex Marinelli last year. Hopefully I'm saying that right, but uh, mm -hmm. it was one of the bigger upsets in the sport last year. Kind of wanted you to have us take us into that. How did that feel um, to get that upset and just how'd that match go? How'd you, how'd you pull off that upset? Um, Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things where I think going into it, I never, I never thought that I wasn't, I mean, I never thought I couldn't beat him. It was just one of those things, you know, just how and what do I need to do to do it? Um, just kind of expecting, you know, for it to be a hard fight and for, you know, things to kind of go the distance. Um, he's a great wrestler, uh, multiple All-American. So it was a tough match for sure. I just think one of the things that I kept in my mind was just keep wrestling. You know, don't don't get wavered by the fact that it's a tough match and he's you know, the, whatever he was ranked number one or two guy in the country at the time, just, just keep wrestling and believe in yourself and, you know, just, just wrestle. Um, it wasn't really this big kind of like shock and awe moment of like, Oh my God, I just beat this guy. It was more so just like, I knew I could do it. I just had to go out there and, and do it, you know, mm -hmm. um, just get into the moves and yeah, just keep, keep wrestling. I think I won the match with, in the last like 30 seconds, I want to say I took him down and then rode him out and hung on to the victory at the, at the end. So yeah, it wasn't really this whole thing of, Oh man, do I even have a shot? It was, I know I have a shot. Just got to go out there and perform. 
That's awesome. I mean, that leads leads to uh, that helps you qualify for one of the things that helped you qualify for um, NCAA's. And you know, we we're, we wanted to kind of ask about what is uh, your most proud accomplishment at Ohio State because you you've competed in the NCAA championship, you've competed in the Big Tens, you've competed in a lot of big tournaments. Is there is there anything that that stands out to you? Hmm. Um, wrestling at NCA is definitely, definitely probably one of the moments that stands out. Um, you know, that tournament's just a lot of young, young athletes dreams to get there. Um, something you grow up watching. So being able to be there and wrestle and compete, it's, you know, you're basically fulfilling that dream. Um, Obviously, there are still more dreams on top of that, but I think that's one of the things that really sticks with you. Um, I know too. We just we kind of talk about it, but once you compete at NCAs, it's kind of kind of just feels like you you know what you're doing almost. Um, you know, you've kind of you've gone to the pinnacle and you've come back and taken something away from it too. So it's I'd say yeah, wrestling at NCAs is probably one of the prouder things that I've done here at Ohio state. Um, but I also think too, just we've had so many good dual meets as a team and just seeing so many guys pull upsets against kids. And I mean, yeah, NCAs is great, but there's, there's nothing better than watching one of your teammates, you know, pull an upset on some kid that, you know, you didn't know if it was going to happen or not. You knew he was close, but when it happens, man, it's just awesome. You know, you see all the hard work and, dedication that they poured into the sport just pay off and I mean I'm not even wrestling and I'm like so happy and over <laughs> over over joyous for them you know because it's just you want it so bad for for each other um so I think that's that's another thing too I know I know last year Gavin Hoffman had a pretty big upset against uh against Rutgers for us I think Rocky Jordan had one too and those those two matches were probably one of the most like connected times I think we've had as a team, um, you know, not to mention multiple other matches that we've had in Cavelli too, you know, and then, and then if it's in Cavelli, it's even better because the crowd's behind you fans, um, you know, you got the announcers and it's just all Ohio state. I mean, it's just, it's awesome. So yeah. Proudest. Some of the few moments I'm most proud of would definitely be, NCAs and then just also watching watching my teammates get get big wins. Oh, that's you can't beat that Cavelli atmosphere. It's uh yeah pretty Cavelli. awesome when that place is rocking. Mm-hmm. Kind of branching branching off that a little bit. Like, do you have a favorite memory here at Ohio State? Um it's probably something stupid that me and my roommates did, just hanging out in our house. I don't know. It's probably probably a night where we're just sitting playing cards and just cracking jokes with each other. Those are probably the best nights I've ever had. Um, nothing stupid. We're literally just giving each other shit and playing cards. Sure. Uh, but it's fun. It's fun, especially, too, when you train with those guys and, you know, you have a practice that beats you up and you just come back and you're all just feeling it and you just sit down and play some cards and hang out. Those are, those are good nights. No, that's awesome. And 
Um, our last one for you in this section of uh, of our questions, just um, is there any superstitions that go into uh, wrestling? You know, anything that you have to do before you get in, get in the mat? <laughs> um, I mean, obviously there are tons for everyone. I think they're all different. Um, I don't really have, I don't know if it's superstitions, I'd say, but there is just the, you know, the process you like to do just to make sure you're ready and warm to go. Um, I don't know. I think, I think, uh, for me, it's just, I got to get a good warm up and just be moving a little bit before the match and, you know, being able to just really make sure my warm up is good and that I'm not feeling like too cold or whatever. Um, but sometimes it doesn't happen. And sometimes you go out there and you're, you didn't do everything that you wanted to do to warm up and you just kind of have to go with it. Um, don't really think there are any superstitions, just superstitions you put on yourself. But, uh, but yeah, I'd say for me, if anything, it's just to make sure I have a good warm up, and just to make sure I move a little bit, bounce around, um, get my legs loose, get my body loose, feeling good. Um, I think if anything, I probably count in evens. Um, <laughs> so that, yeah, that'd probably be my one thing. Like if I'm, if I'm bouncing, it's like 10 bounces or if I'm pacing back and forth, it's, you know, I got to finish on an even step or something like that. I don't know. No, I get what you're saying that. Uh, yeah. Something, counting something it in your head, you know, and it's got to be even. Yeah. Something weird like that. That's one thing I do. But, is there um, anything, um, is there any, uh, any uh, of your teammates have something that's just like you notice it it's too it's too funny not to mention or is everyone kind of like you they just they got the mental they they do their own mental thing um i don't know caleb caleb romero does this one thing i don't know i don't know if it's a superstition but uh he takes a deep breath and when he breathes out he gives it like a like a he goes like <sighs> and he like kind of yells at the end of it when he breathes out um, but I think that there's more science behind it though. There's like, it relaxes you, it draws out your CO2, puts more oxygen in. So there's a, there's like a, a, a method to the madness, but it is kind of funny because we'll be warming up and you'll just hear this guy, you know, just ha, ha, ha. And you're like, he's just breathing. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I've tried it. It, it helps me a little bit sometimes too. So it's not my thing, but that's Caleb's thing. That's the only thing I can think of right now. I think everyone else just kind of has their own thing in their head. So, no, that's still funny. I mean, you know, it's a weird because uh, we've asked some of the other athletes, and we've got some weird. Uh, it's like, oh, I don't, I don't do anything. I don't have a superstition, but you know, so and so does this weird thing where she needs to eat like cereal or something. You know, um, yeah. But it is the you know because as you said, it's it's one of the it's it's like a golf or a tennis. You know, it's it's the mental battle. It's you versus yeah. who you're playing against. So, um, yeah, for sure, that's still awesome. Um, you want to take it, Sam? We got one yeah. more section for you. Transitioning to our next session, we call it the truth serum. Get some personality questions, maybe ask some questions about the team, start some drama. Um, our okay. first question is you're going to Vegas, or maybe you're golfing. You can pick three people, you know, celebrities, past, present. Who's your, you know, your Vegas dream team or your uh, your golf um foursome that you're going out with onto the links? If I'm going golfing, yeah. Um I don't golf that much, but I'll take MJ. Ooh. Um, MJ, Ryan Reynolds, Ooh. and 
Hmm. Dang, I got two. I need a third. Um. MJ Ryan Reynolds and. Oh shoot, man! I don't know for a third. Um. Man, this one's tough. I don't know for the third. That's tough right there. Um, you have pretty solid big three. Yeah, Jack, you Jack can you. go on the legs with you. He'll he'll be your fourth. <laughs> All right, that's good. That's good. We'll take that. Those two for sure, though. Yeah, that's a that's a good duo there, Michael Jordan and uh, Ryan Reynolds. MJ might Ryan's, get risky though. He might. Ryan's try to... funny. He'll crack the jokes. MJ competitor. Yeah. He'll be wanting ten thousand dollars. Yeah, to MJ might gamble with you a little bit, so you gotta make sure you have deep pockets when you go. With him. Oh shoot! I need a money man. Oh man, who's the money man? Dan. I'll be your money man. I'll, I'll get. <laughs> we'll have a couple of big bets in Vegas, and then we'll go and uh, we'll challenge Jordan to uh, the all-time golf match. There you go. Hundred thousand dollars on closest <laughs> to the pin. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the next one we got for you. All right. What during a match? What is the funniest thing that has happened to you or a teammate that just got the team? The team was geeking during it. Um. Hmm. Oh man, this is really bad, but it's on national television, so I guess you can go find it. It's not really a secret. Um. If she sees this, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to make her upset, but we had one student athletic trainer last year um, and there was blood time. And I think it was during our um, Iowa match. And uh, yeah, one of our kids had blood time and she ran up on the stage and she tripped on the mat and face planted. No, Since it's on the stage, it's, you know, it echoes everything. Yeah. So she fell and it was like boom. And it was during blood time too. So, you know, everyone was quiet and everything. And everyone saw it because everyone's looking at the mat. And yeah, it wasn't one, it was one of those things where it was like everyone saw it and you're like, oh shit. And then it wasn't funny till like five or 10 minutes after the fact, you know, because you had to wait to get it off. <laughs> but poor girl, I just felt so bad because it's just rough to recover from that and she was just trying to do her job and it was it was it sucks too because it wasn't even her fault the mat wasn't like mat wasn't taped down on one corner so she just kind of got that one corner that wasn't up and she yeah she just kind of ate it damn that's uh took it like a champ though you know she got back up and took care of our guy so props to her but yeah that's all you can do just go up and act like it didn't happen yeah that's kind of the yeah yeah. That's pretty funny though. And on national TV too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was on Big Ten Network. Yeah, because we were doing Iowa. So that was on that was on Big Ten. Yeah. Yeah. Next question I have is the wrestling team, if you know you're having a little Hunger Games style competition, who's winning and who's who's gonna be the first one out? Oh shit. Um First one out is probably Nick Buzakis. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> yeah, just because you drop him in there and he wouldn't know what to do. 
the arrow would probably pierce him. Um, and then who's winning? Oh gosh, see that's tough. Um, Hunger Games. Hunger Games. Hmm. You can say yourself. Yeah, no you shame. You can. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd probably, I'd probably win it. I'd go on a little tear. I just. If tear you like your odds to win it, I mean, go ahead, say yourself. We'd love that. That's the drama we want. Yeah. There's got to be someone sitting there listening to this who listened to you come on and be like, oh my god, I can't believe Carson just said he would win the Hunger Games. Yeah, definitely, definitely think I would. I just outlast everyone. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, slow, painful deaths for them all. <laughs> but yeah, no. But yeah, definitely Nick Buzakis is the first one out. That for sure, 100%. Poor Nick. Um, moving on, that was good. Uh, poor Nick Buzakis, though. Um, we uh, we wanted to ask, we because you're a wrestler too, you probably like some good um, Chipotle. What is your go-to Chipotle order? Oh, man, Chipotle. Um, haven't had in a while, but it's just pretty basic. Um, actually, I don't even remember what they have there. I get rice, um, beans, chicken or steak, just kind of depends. Um, fajitas, if they still have them, but it so also depends because sometimes they don't, you know, cook the peppers and I'm like, I'm just eating a crunchy veggie. Um, <laughs> so if the peppers are cooked, then we'll do the fajitas. Um, I'll do the tomatoes, corn salsa. Um, I mean, that's really it. I don't really get cheese or sour cream, lettuce, maybe a little bit of guac, but not too much. Um, yeah, just pretty simple. Uh, pretty simple, pretty clean. I don't like too much extra stuff. Hey, we like it. We like it. Can't can't be having that sour cream. It's messing up with the weight weight cutting. Yeah. Getting into our next question, I get this question's kind of counterintuitive since you guys are in a combat sport, so you okay some aggressive guys. But who's the biggest diva on the team? Oh, oh, uh, huh. Man, see that's tough because you could say you could say everyone. Once you start cutting weight, you kind of you kind of get into that diva stage. You know, if it's if it's the day before, it's probably just the day before or day of probably everyone. Um, you know, a little no food and no water for a little while can do that to somebody. But um, hmm, biggest diva overall, um, probably Caleb Romero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably Caleb. How come Caleb? I don't know. I just feel like we give him a lot of shit for that. I feel like he's always asking for, you know, certain food or certain things to to be going on and working or certain stuff to happen. And we just kind of give him shit for it. So that's that's why I feel like he's the biggest diva. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. Um, one more here for you, Carson, and which is uh, an important question we ask all all of our athletes. 
Okay. How many chicken nuggets could you put down in an hour? Um, what kind of nuggets are we talking about? Just like like a fast food, you know, like a Wendy's. Wendy's does that fifty chicken nugget bucket for like ten bucks or something. You know, it's like could you okay. a McDonald's type nugget? You know. Yeah. Um, easily the fifty. Could you do the fifty piece in an hour? Yeah, easy. Easy. Um, actually, it's kind of funny. I had this discussion with my roommates. Um, yesterday, my roommates are. <laughs> My roommates are bigger than me. They're they're uh, they're ninety seven pounders and above, so they're a little bit bigger than me. But I I actually told him I was like I think I could out eat both of you. Um, so were they know. having that? Yeah, they they weren't. But I was like I'm pretty sure it would happen. I'd out eat both of you. Um, but yeah, definitely the fifty in an hour. That's that just sounds easy right now. Um, <laughs> I think maybe. A hundred. I'm be honest with you. Damn. Maybe it's a big jump. Maybe maybe more. Honestly. Well, I mean, how long does it take to eat ten nuggets? You know, I mean, it could take like. I think it could take five minutes to eat ten nuggets. If not, not how hungry you are, you could. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm thinking, I'm thinking a ten piece nugget from McDonald's. That's (laughs) that's pretty small. You could probably do that in a couple minutes, two, three minutes, honestly, I think 50 would be easy. And I think, I think I could get a hundred, but I'm going to, I'm going to cap it at a hundred. Cause I'm not, not going to call myself out here, but a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we asked the rugby guys and they were pretty confident too. So maybe we'll, we'll have to organize a little nugget eating off. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Love Kirk the rugby. Guys. More, he seems a little more confident yeah, than the rugby does. guys. And I, well, I have to it's with him. <laughs> it's just one of those things when you when you uh you kind of cut weight you know it's like to go without food and then eat a little bit more you kind of know your volume uh no offense to the rugby guys but i just think they're kind of kind of talking it up a little bit so <laughs> well carson i really we, we both really appreciate you coming on man this was great um thank you for letting us poke your brain about the wrestling world uh thank you for giving us some good stuff there and then as always, finishing up with some fun. We really appreciate it, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah best for of sure. luck. We know you guys got um, this Sunday, right? You guys got Kent State? Mm-hmm. Yep, Kent State at home this Sunday. If you want to come out and support, that'd be great. Um, if not, I understand. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, a little preview. How's that going to go? You guys going to you get easy dub, or is Kent State good? What's the what's the vibe um, there? Well, it might be a little interesting. We do have a couple guys out with some injuries. Um so, I mean, we should win, um, but the injuries will definitely play a factor for sure. Um, we got some guys just that aren't healthy and kind of need to take some time off and uh, need to rest them for the remainder of the season. So not, not, the, not, not rest for the remainder of the season, but rest them now so we have them for the remainder of the season later. Um, so it, it, it could be interesting, but I think it'll be fun. And I think uh, I think we're all excited to, to go out there and compete and see what we can do. So. So, yeah, I think I think it'll be a good I think it'll be a good duel, too, because, you know, you may get to see some people you've never seen wrestle before and good for them. They're getting in the lineup and starting and then also good to, you know, really see what these guys can do. You know, they're at Ohio State training with us, training with 
some of the best guys in the country, you know, I feel like they're, they're good enough to do it. So, so yeah, I think it'll definitely be interesting for sure. Um, find out, uh, well, you will find out Sunday as well. See yeah. Yeah, at. Um, for sure. Ohio state wrestling at three and oh, that would, if you guys, that counts for that, right. And you, if you win, you'll go to four and oh. Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah. Well, Carson, again, thank you very much, man. Good luck on Sunday. Um, and hopefully we'll be in touch in the future. Yeah, for sure. Thank you guys. Um, I figured out my third for golf. I'm taking Messi. I'm taking oh, Messi. Oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah. Messi's my boy. I've loved him forever. Man, like man. Argentina dreams, man. Go them, uh, go Argentina for the world cup. Oh yeah. He's got to win it now. Got to, but, uh, yeah. So finish that question. And then, yeah, thanks for having me. This was really fun. Um, really enjoyed talking to you guys about wrestling. So thank yeah, you. You'll have to bring on some of the other boys sometime and you, you guys can get deep in on the wrestling stories. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Awesome. Well, thank you again, man. Yeah. Thank you guys. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the nightcap. Thanks again to Carson for coming on. Hope everyone enjoyed that. Great to pick his brain about wrestling. Such a fascinating sport. But we will be back next week with just a little something before the holidays. And if you need more Ohio State content, make sure to check out Almost Game Day. Toby and Zach are back after the Michigan game, getting you ready for the playoff. Caleb and Tyler talking on the Ohio State of Mind. They just made their great return. So you're home for everything going on with Ohio State Athletics. You can also check out Matt, uh, Tyler, Caleb, and Matt Goldman on uh, the Block O Show after the Michigan loss. They'll be having something come up for the playoff as well. And then if you need your hockey, you can check out 614 Check with Zachary Road here. Uh, but we'll see you guys next week. Thank you again for supporting everything at Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio. We appreciate all the love.